Some full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your host of the day B, couple guests too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Now we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking We're the show side, we're the show side We're the show side, what we sing We're the show side, we're the show side Now it's a new flood the pain No, no, yo's. This week is the Shelfside Podcast. It's episode 91. And you guys know that when there's no yo's, it means a big fat no. And this is a big fat no kind of week. Two defeats, five goals shipped, two goals scored, two home defeats, three league defeats on the trot. Things are not going to plan. Lero's away, Kwabna's otherwise engaged, it's myself and the one like Carl, things are not going to plan, but Carl, you and I can do this, how's it going my man? We can, we can, it's been a horrible week, two defeats, two abject performances, where do we go from here? Very good question, where do we go from here? So, I mean, let's look at these defeats, right? We lost, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that we've lost um, 3-2 at home to Southampton. A late, late comeback by them. Uh, we were 2-1 up in that game. Um, we also 1-0 up, right? And 1-0-1, 1-2-1, lost 3-2 at home, midweek fixture. And then at the weekend on Sunday, we had a very abject performance, a very abject start, and lost 2-0. And both sides dominated us in midfield, dominated possession, dominated territory, and dominated the chances. Um, But I don't think they played superbly well. I think we played poorly, um, and I think we made a lot of defensive mistakes. Um, What was the difference in the two defeats for you? Um, I think... Being in the stands for both games, the fans were one of the differences. I think when we went 1-up against Southampton and then 2-1-up, there was a genuine belief, there was a buzz around the place. Everyone got behind the team. Even at 2-2 against Southampton, there was a... You know, we were disappointed, of course, because it was a soft goal to give away, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But going down to 3-2, everyone sort of... Yeah, we all threw our hands up in the air and as soon as we, as soon as we went 1-0 down against against Wolves hands up in the air pressure was on we had almost given up it was you know the chap next to me said here we go again and you can only laugh it, it was comical from Spurs and you know we haven't started well in a long time well in a week um, since the since the Brighton game but let's exclude and the Brighton game for a second. Let's just take that out and let's assume that Brighton game is an outlier, a red herring, because... I mean, it is an outlier. Yeah, yeah, because we've lost back-to-back it is. It's a to game. Chelsea um, and then have lost three on the bounce in the league. So that one's an anomaly yeah. as it stands. Yeah, we don't start well. We put ourselves under pressure and as soon as we went 1-0 down against Wolves, it was like squeaky bum time again and that probably made the team even more nervous. And I think that was the, one of the differences was belief. We tried harder against Wolves by the look of things, but 60-odd thousand people in the grounds didn't really believe we could do it. And do you think that belief or the lack of belief stems from the recent run or, or something else? I mean, where else could it come from? I think, look, we've got rid of some of the, I wouldn't even call it dead wood, but, you know, rotting wood at the core of the club in that central midfield area everyone left according to Conte is on the same on the same wavelength we're all trying to do the same thing so internally it sounds like things are okay it's just maybe it's just the nervousness on the pitch maybe players aren't as good as they think they are you know I'm thinking of Davinson Sanchez in particular 
where Conte paid him a compliment a week ago. And he, as soon as he heard that compliment, he went back to being Bambi on ice. I was waiting for the Bambi right? on ice. I was waiting for the Bambi on ice. It was appalling, appalling watching. And so maybe it's in their heads. And then if if 25 minutes, if 30 minutes into a game where you're 2-0 down at home, your manager's making substitutions, well, obviously the rest of the team's going to be a bit on edge. They're going to be like, oh, okay, we're reshaping. This isn't working. What have I done wrong? And it's very hard to pick yourself back up. I, I don't wrong Conte for making a substitution or for changing the shape. And if he felt like he had to make a substitution to do that, then fair enough. Um, but let's let's come back to that. Let's talk about Southampton. Now, a lot of people on Davison Sanchez, a lot of people are on Emerson Royale um, for that game and for the defeats and for the goals. Now, analysing the goals, um, especially the second goal, and looking at it again, I too were in the stands and I too thought, ah, oh, Royale, you've let a man in at the back post. Um, and thought he was to blame, but upon reflection and in hindsight, I don't. I, yes, he lets him run off of him. However, he's not his man originally. Now, if you look at the second goal, especially, we don't press the ball. I think it's Winks doesn't press the ball. Um, or no, is it Regulon? Doesn't press the ball, and then we've got Winks and Bentecourt sitting on the edge of the box, neither marking, neither defending. And Romero in front of Davison Sanchez at the near post when he's a central man. Now, I get you do move around and I get broken play and passage of play, but this wasn't so much a broken play like a counter-attack. And Ward-Prowse has had time to whip it in. And we know he's all got a whip on him. And who's at fault here? I mean, Davison could pass his man on to Romero. You be the spare man. You pick up the runner. Or Romero can get back in the centre. But Royale was marking the man he should have been marking, as in the closest man to him. But I ultimately, that wasn't necessarily his man. And, or you could argue, Bentecor or Winks could drop deeper. Right? So there are quite a few people at fault. But what it shows is disorganisation. What it yeah. shows is... That doesn't... Go on. That doesn't happen if Hoiberg or... Dyer is playing. What? Hoiberg would scream at everyone. Dyer would scream at everyone. We'd be in position. Well, this is it. This is something else I wanted to address. Um, but it shows lack of leadership, which you've just touched on. Now, we've questioned Larice's vocal um, attributes on this pod in the past. And it seems like when we had games with no fans, we could hear Larice. But I don't know if Larice is that dominant and... It, doesn't instruct players enough. I'm not saying he has to baby these players, but I feel like someone needs to bark at them. Hoybier does a decent job of doing it, but Hoybier is knackered or out of form and making a lot of mistakes. Because in that game, he wasn't there because he was absolutely shocking. His possession yeah. um, stats must have been less than 50% passes completed because he actually passed the ball to nobody, left foot, right foot, five times I could count on one hand before he was substituted, right? So I understand why he wasn't there, but you're right. We do seem to lack a bit of organisation when Dyer's not there. I can't believe I'm saying this. And um, Hoybier. And Dyer's stock and Skip stock have risen in this recent run. But that, that, that was typical of the goals of Southampton. I think Wolves, though, the goals were different. I think Wolves, the goals were just completely fuck-ups. Like, there was calamitous defending. We literally gave them the goals, literally. And then Lloris, I mentioned him again for a different reason, doesn't make many mistakes. I'm a Lloris fan. But I think he was at fault, definitely for the first one, slapping the ball away. Shocking pass for the second. And then Ben Davies, literally, why was trying to clip a ball to somebody in the middle of the goal, God only knows. But then we still messed up. Bentecourt doesn't react. Davison's spinning around like Bambi again. And we let Dendonkers in for a second. So similarities in a sense that we are calamitous defending and could do better. But was there anything else that you saw that you thought was um, similar in those um, defeats? I think the, the lack of organisation was killer, like you said, right? If you look at all Conte's teams, they are well-drilled machines. And you can 
if you think back to when he was at Chelsea, you knew what Chelsea was going to do every game. You knew exactly how they were going to play. But they were just so good at it, you couldn't stop them. And the issue with us is, we're trying to play in that same way. You know what Conte wants everyone to do. They're just not, not able to do it. And then they sort of fall away a bit or they forget, oh no, we're playing this system, not that system. And you can sort of see in the defending, they're like, let's go back to the Southampton game, right? Davinson and Royale couldn't string two passes together. Davinson's like, oh no, they're going to come and press me. What do I do? And panics and gives the ball away. Um, because he knows that he's got to get it out to Royale. Everyone knows that. So just fucking do it. But instead he's like, oh no, everyone knows I'm going to do it. Let me try and do something else. It's like, no, just get rid of the ball. Like, you're not meant to be, you're not a ball playing, you're not a ball carrying defender. Just get rid. And then you come to Wolves and look, I'm, I'm one of Loris's biggest fans. He's in the unfortunate position of being a goalkeeper. When a goalkeeper makes a mistake, balls usually end up in, back, in the back of the net. And he's made two pretty big ones. And the balls ended up in the back of the net. So, yeah. Loris, again, trying to follow Conte's instructions. If it was someone else in charge, he'd have hoofed it up the pitch. But no, play out from the back. Ben Davies does the Davison Sanchez and gets panicked and thinks, oh no, what do I do? I think everyone wanted him to clear it. You, know, you could have heard it heard it in the fans, like, get rid, get rid. He's tried to do that, it's not come off, which, you know, frankly, why would it? He sort of aimed it at nowhere. Hmm. I think he was trying to and clip, that in the clip into the forward three who often have to receive the ball with their back to goal somewhere in between the halfway line and uh, the middle of the half that we are in um, guarding. And it's always risky when you try and play that ball. And this yeah. one was a lofted ball. When Lloris was kind of out but of I his goal it, as well. Yeah, I think it's, just, it's, it's more of the same. You can take this back to even Mourinho. It's just our defenders aren't that good, right? You can put a good system around them. And that protects you a little bit. But at the core, apart from Romero, absolute beast, Davinson Sanchez isn't a top defender. Ben Davis isn't a top defender. Emerson Royale isn't a top win-back. Neither is Doherty. Neither is Sessignon. And frankly, neither is Reguillon, Right? They might get there in time, some of them. Because a lot of them are, you know, Reguillon's young. Sessignon's young. Royale's young. But for a lot of them, it's just collect a wage until a bottom half team wants you and off you go. Have an easy life. Retire in the championship because you're not going to win anything at Spurs, which, of course, assume Spurs is going to win something, but that's a separate debate. Well, the only thing we can win is the FA Cup um, right now and obviously we've got Borough to come in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, it's looking a bit dire without dire and I never thought I would ever utter that phrase. It's looking dire without dire. But, if we skip on, because I think Skip is missing in the midfield, and I think that has been something that many were saying Skip is the best thing since sliced bread. I think he had a bit of a okay few games, and then was replaced, injured, and then Bentacor came in, and Bentacor had a half and looked okay, and then... Bentacore played on Sunday. And on the ball, Bentacore is not phased, which is brilliant. Seems calm, seems measured. Analyzing the goals, Bentacore is in and around the goals and doesn't react enough for me um, in some of those moments. He is good, mind you. How good is Bentacore? Look, I think Bentacore's good. I think he's an upgrade on our midfield, on our current midfield options. Um, and I think, at least in the couple of games we've seen him, he's an upgrade on what Delhi and Dombele and Lacelso were offering in that role if they were playing half an hour here and maybe in 90 there. So, no complaints there. Look, he's a bit dodgy in the defensive side of things and positioning and awareness, maybe his responsiveness is could be much better but we knew that when we signed him and I know th the reason that we knew that when we signed him is because I knew that when we signed him and I'm not a professional football scout or a manager or a coach I knew that Bentacore was a bit dodgy going backwards but great going forwards 
So there's absolutely no way we don't know that as Tottenham Hotspur. Well, our scouting has been questioned in recent times. So, I mean, yeah, the fact that you knew it, I was aware of it. Um, also aware of Klozeski's inability to control the ball in tight spaces. He did put in a nice through ball um, to Son, but his touch looks shockingly bad at times. And he doesn't look mobile for somebody who seems to be a runner. And when he came on, we kind of went to a 4 3 one, three. Is that that even work? Three two. I thought it was more four two. Sorry, three, four one. two three one. It was, and him in the center. Uh, him in the ten roll. Yeah. Um. Sorry, that's right. Four two three one, and he had some moments, but largely looked cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. You agree on that take? I do. I think. For, uh, I'm probably the last one to question his technical ability and even his touch. But you've got to remember it was windy and rainy and, you know, Italy hasn't got the best weather at all times or Turin certainly hasn't. But it would have been a, a different environment. It was slippery for everyone. No one had a great touch on that. And no one had a great touch in that game. Everyone was a little bit off just because of the, the rain and how aggressive the wind was. Um, so I'll give him some credit there. He didn't do anything magical. He didn't really, you know, to borrow a phrase, put up trees. At the same time, again, Delhi in that role, historically mesmerising. Recently, when we have had a 4-2-3-1, and he has slotted in behind Kane, he's probably done even less. So, hard to criticise Kulisevsky, just given we haven't got any other options. And our other options, if we had them, wouldn't be much better. Well, Lucas has played in that role recently. And his passing is 50-50, we know this. Um, but what he does better than most is getting in and around people, in and about people. Now, I think what bothered me about Klavzeski, and it could be only second game, is there are two things. One I'll come on to. The first thing is he, the touch looked ropey. Yet for enough conditions, still could be a bit anxious, a bit tight, get that. Um, it was the mobility that worries me. Um, I'm not saying he looks overweight or anything. He just didn't look mobile enough. And this is from a player who all the reports show runs and runs and runs. So playing in that 10 roll allows yeah. you to go, is a free roll. Ultimately, a 10 is free roll. In a 4-2-3-1, a 10 is a free roll. If you want to pick the ball up from your centre-backs, you can do. If you want to drift out wide, you can do, right? If you want to go beyond, there were times he was playing, I saw him up with Kane, you can do. But he just didn't seem to get about it and be around it. And that's what I want from my 10. And that is, you is a free roll, but work. Don't just stay in one position. Yeah. I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying he didn't get around and about it enough. And it's early doors. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very early doors. But I'm just saying what I'm seeing out there. Um, no, that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, look, I'm not going to rush to his defence. I'm not going to heap anything down on him. I think nobody covered themselves in glory against Wolves. No one did very much against Southampton either. Uh, apart from Sonny, to be fair. And it's just, I don't know, even finding the energy to heap abuse or uh, think critically about Spurs right now is just after those two defeats, it's, it's tough. It's tough to pick yourself up and think, OK, well, what was good? And where, where were the bright spots? And what do we do for the next game? Because, yeah, at the moment, we're, we're fighting for top eight, it feels like. Uh, a moment ago, we were trying to get third. And it's it's just all gone out of nowhere. Um, and at this rate, Middlesbrough will do a job on us in the FA Cup. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, like you say, it was, I wouldn't say rosy a week ago, but we certainly didn't have many concerns in the league. I feel, you touched on 
Don Bele, you touched on the Celso and Delhi, and we can't live in the past. Even though Don Bele put up stats in his game for Leon the other day that had Twitter going bananas, Don Believers going bananas um, as to why he can't do this in the Premier League. And we have to understand that this league is one of the toughest leagues in the world, especially the battle in midfield, right? It is the toughest league in the world. I know Italy is tactical, Spain is tactical um, and technique. This is tactical technique and ferocity and up and down and it's not the easiest league to play in in midfield. Forwards can come in, show the technical ability, show the sharpness, get around the defender, score a goal, be sharp in the box. To come in and dominate midfield I think takes a little bit longer. Now you touched on Bentacore being an upgrade. He may be an upgrade. The business we did in the transfer window meant that we can only play really two in there. Or we can play three in there, um, but we don't have many options because you're almost leaving um, or putting three players very similar in there. Uh, one of the criticisms against Southampton was that the two that were in there at any point, whether it be Hoybier, Winks, or ben, um, Bentacore, Winks played far too deep, far too deep. And it is a similar criticism over the seasons, but when you play with a free ahead of them, that's fine. Uh, with an attacking midfielder, that's fine. But if we're not going to do that and we rely and insist on playing this 3-5-2, is that good enough? Can, do you see us creating chances? Do you see us being able to open sides up or are we just going to be this side that tries to manage games and then hit on the counter? Because it seems like since Mourinho, that has kind of been our motive. I think Conte's three-four-three system relies heavily on those wingers, right? They need to... They're the outlet. Yep. They're the creative outlet. They are the assist providers. They even grab goals every now and again. And what you get is when you have the ball, you've got your wingers bombing up, you've got your inside forwards creating a problem in the box, and you've got your centre forwards hopefully ready to bang goals in. The issue we have is our wingers aren't our our, our full back, uh, our wing backs, sorry, aren't good enough. Um, they can get high up the pitch, fine. They can't really deliver threatening balls. Like if Re when Reguilón goes to cross. I'm yeah, half covering my eyes, waiting to see when it's even going to hit our, one of our players or be in the right zone. And Emerson, you know, put the goal aside. When he's up there, you're just hoping he passes it back before losing it. So that creates an issue because you can't rely on the creativity on the wings. And that forces us to have to look in the middle. And that puts Harry Winks in a tricky position because... He is probably the most creative of the of the of the three prior to Bentica. He's got to start looking forward. He can only his passing range is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not that great. He can only really hit out a pass to to Lucas or Sonny. He probably can't do anything over the top. And then he's otherwise he's stuck looking for the wingers again, uh, the wingbacks again. And we've just said they're not up to much. And so we go back and we recycle and eventually someone thinks oh Emerson can't do anything and he gets a bit of space in the, in the far corner and he proves them right and he can't do anything and it's really really difficult then because sure we can change this, the system we play three in the middle we play three five two you're still relying on the wingers the only real way to change things is to stop relying on the wingers get them to be full backs play four two three one and then all the, all the creativity comes from your front four. And maybe Reguilón pushes up. Now, I mean, Conte can play that. We saw that yesterday. But, you know, we lost 2-0. So it's clearly not the silver bullet I, I'm suggesting it could be. The simple answer is upgrade the wingbacks. Conte wanted a new wingback in January. Granted, Adama Troy would have been an absolute nightmare, I think. But at the, we're at the point where if Conte wants someone, just give it to him. And... We didn't get a new, wing, uh, a new right wing back. Emerson had the game of his life against Southampton. I don't mean that in a good <laughs> way. And 
frankly, he made like you know, Doherty didn't do anything special against Wolves, but he made Doherty look good, which is saying something. So I've got no clue. So no, good points, good points. I agree with ninety percent of what you said there. Ninety percent. Um, I've been saying to Carpena Lero, this is the way. This is the way under Conte. If you want creativity, it comes from the fullbacks. And so I agree with that point. What I don't agree with is that we persist with it. Just because you said it already. You've named the four fullbacks and you said Regulon is probably the best of those fullbacks. And I think Regulon is good. I think the others are shocking. I actually think Sessignon has had about the same type of career that Doherty has had at Spurs. And that is frankly crap. Just abysmal. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. The fact that both of them lined up in the same side yesterday and had to be our attacking outlets is a worry in itself. Sessignon absolutely does nothing. Everyone lauded him for the Liverpool performance. And I was saying to my daughter at the time, he hasn't been great. And then when everyone said, oh, he was good, he was good. I said, why are they saying he's good? They're saying he's good for the job he did on Salah. And then, fair enough, he may have sacrificed some attacking intent to man Mark Salah or to make sure he was in and around Salah, who was performing at that time as one of the best players in the world. So, fair enough. Tactical. Get that. But let's be honest. Apart from the goal he scored against Bayern Munich in the Champions League, what have we seen from Sessegnon in an attacking sense? Nada. Yeah, absolutely. And my biggest frustration with him and I was quite glad to see him come off actually on uh, against Wolves was that again Conte has a system you could put it you could write it on the back of a stamp and post it it's it's a simple system when we have possession of the ball when the back three has possession of the ball wingers wing backs bomb up the pitch you shouldn't be on your side of the halfway line Sessing on just wasn't doing it yeah. you stand still Davis looks up for the pass. Sessegnon's not in position, so he doesn't pass it there. He brings it inside. Gets the ball back from Winks or Bentacore because the ball should be going to the wing back. He's still in his half. And it's like he wants the ball to his feet, but then he gets the ball to his feet, turns around. He's too, too afraid to run past the man. Gives it to Son. Son's in a cul-de-sac. We lose the ball. That happened three times. And I just don't understand why a kid as fast as him, who can't put in a worse cross than Reguilon, frankly... <laughs> isn't getting himself up the pitch it takes two passes to get to him either a straight one from Ben Davis and he runs onto it or inside to Bentecourt or, or Winks outside back to uh, back to Sessignon and, we're, and, we're, and we're, we're at the races let's go everyone pile into the box let's see what madness we can cause but he just didn't do it he seemed reluctant to do it do you not understand he it? seemed so I thought maybe like had, he was I thought he had an injury yeah and he may well have an injury but if he's got another injury it just Point in case, his Tottenham career should be over. He's, I don't know what he's earning, 70 bags a week. That's stealing a living. I actually am going to say on record, he's stealing a living more than Doherty because he's supposed to be better than Doherty and Doherty was limited in what he did and actually Doherty played as a wing-back rather than a right-back when he first came into the club and now he's getting the opportunity to play as a wing-back but that's only this season, really. Um, yeah. But, okay, going to set the cat amongst the pigeons here. Did it on Twitter yesterday. Listen, Twitter is a place, as you know, Carl, that is absolutely crazy. People are wild on Twitter. People got far too much time on their hands on Twitter. And if you're listening and you're on Twitter and you don't agree, I'm sorry, but you know it's true. So we asked a question on Twitter yesterday. Is it time after three league defeats, two of which were at home, as you mentioned, Carl, we were looking at top three, now we're looking at top eight and Europa Conference League football again at this moment in time. Is it time to question Conte? And I'm going to put some context around that. This isn't me saying Conte must go. Conte isn't a good manager. Or Conte has had all the support from Levy and Joe Lewis and therefore should be doing a better job. This is me saying, whoever the manager is, after three league defeat, being in the position of fourth games in hand to go third 
and losing at home to sides you would expect to get results against and not showing up against Chelsea in reality, is it time to question him, his methods, the way he's approaching the game? And I give you another example of the reason why that is a valid question. A man scores two goals against Leicester in the final two minutes and cannot be seen again for love or money. So I ask you, is it time to question Antonio Conte? Yeah, in short, yes. I think, look, his methods are his methods, and they've won in things in the past. So I'm not going to tell him to go, I'm not going to go down to the training ground and tell him, you know, how to tell his guys to run. At the same time, it's clear to me that he's stubborn to a fault, um, which can work if you're winning, but... You gave the perfect example of Bergwijn and, you know, Nuno, God bless his soul, made the same mistake. He was like, first 11, Premier League, second 11, uh, Europa Conference League. And that just created a rift in the squad. It created disharmony. You knew you weren't getting in the first team. And Conte's got a preferred first 11, and we all know what it is, and that's fine. And, you know, everyone from from Spurs all the way down to, 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 the, to the Arsenal know who it is. Um, and that's fine. What on earth do you have to do to get into that team? Like, Bergwijn, absolute hero. Sonny's coming back for an injury. Start Bergwijn. Doesn't make sense. Now, granted, Sonny got two goals against Southampton, so vindicated. But Bergwijn needs to be on that football pitch. I'd, like, change the shape if you need to. Bergwijn needs to be on that pitch. He's earned it. And then, after Southampton, I think, I probably wasn't the only one saying, you know, it's an absolute crime if Royale starts again. Good, Doherty's on. But why the hell did Royale come on with ten minutes to go? What, what on earth was he there to do? What was he? Like, did someone? Did someone's boots need lacing or something? Or did Damison Sanchez need a hug? Like what the hell? <laughs> Similarly, Sanchez die a game against Southampton. Joe Rodon can't get a game for love nor money. Um, Bentecourt starts. Good. That makes sense. But I just it feels to me that unless there's an injury you don't get in the team despite how you play when you come on and that's gonna that's gonna make someone like I don't know Harry Winks get a little bit complacent he's played his best football when his career's been under threat at Spurs yeah. and frankly now he's now he's in the team yeah, he's slipping already so that's one question and then you say to someone like Steven Bergwijn oh well you're back up for Harry Kane fine Harry Kane's gonna play it every minute that God sends and more <laughs> So then, what's the point of Bergwijn even trying if he knows that he can't play in the Lucas position or the Sonny position? Because he's outperforming Lucas right now, I'll tell you that for free. And so all of a sudden, you're in a position where, yeah, you've got players sort of champing at the bit, but you're not giving them the opportunity. They're not going to try anymore, you know? Like, when Bergwijn came on, I was a bit like, oh, I mean, unless, unless you score three goals yourself, like, what's even the yeah, point? You might not even like, make the, don't even the match day squad next week. And... And Kozeski yeah. came on before him. Came on with him against Southampton. Came on before him against um, Wolves. Now, Wolves. you could argue that was because of the shape. As I mentioned earlier, Lucas could play 10. And you could have those three well, roaming exactly. behind and not, and a shapeless free, floating free behind Kane, which has worked in the past. Um, exactly. He didn't want to do that. Also, you touched on Roden. God knows what Roden's got to do. I'm not saying Roden's the answer, but clearly what we've got there isn't the answer, especially at the moment. Well, with Roden, I just I dread to think what, what he's done to his cats because he can't get a game. <laughs> you didn't. You, you can have the RSVCA. No, 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 fair point. But has Conte lost his edge? Has Conte lost his edge? And I say this because our biggest position of weakness has to be right wing back and if you want to play that system and you want to play that system why not be brave you wanted to by all accounts get Adame Traore in there you've not tried Lucas out there he probably doesn't want to play there but you've not tried Bergwijn out there again he may not want to play there but you converted Victor Moses I guess Ashley Young was playing in defence before you got him but you've moved players around at 
Inter at Chelsea. But at Spurs, you're putting the round pegs in the round holes. You're Conte. You play your system. You are this man who's anal, who's stubborn, who does what he wants to do, constantly moaning about the players. I want to see something different. I want to see some revelation turn one player into a worldie in a different position. We may not have the players, but we're not seeing him try it. Also, are we ever going to do something different at a flipping free kick or corner? We're never a threat at a corner or a free kick. No matter if Kane's taking it or Son's taking it. I'm talking about direct free kicks here. And then a corner is just pointless. We might as well kick it back to Lloris and go from there. So on that, I mean, just wait till the summer. We'll get Ericsson back in and then we'll we'll break some records. So Bell's um, Bell's replacement and Ericsson's Ericsson's replacement. And we'll probably get Walker to be Walker's replacement. There you go. And then we'll be competitive Meanwhile, again. Trix is later. scoring two free kicks in two weeks and getting um, his side four That's points. Fine. He's broken his metatarsal though. Has so he? That'd be, yeah, he's going to be out for a bit. Oh, well. Um, I think on... Has Conte lost his edge? Like, no. I think, do you know, I think it comes down to Tottenham and recruitment again, right? So, I don't think he's got the players, to be honest. Um, like, Poch, bless his soul had a massive clear out when he started and we had we had games like this where we'd lose unfathomable games against teams that had no right to clean our boots but we did we did have that when we were shifting systems and Pops was trying to get what he wanted from people and recruitment then was terrible but we brought in a couple and somehow we lucked into the form that we did and the years that we did but here, I think one is getting the system in place. When he walked into Ch- when Conte walked into Chelsea, yeah, he had Victor Moses, and Victor Moses wasn't right back, for instance. But he also had Kante, he also had Fabregas, he also had Jorginho, or whatever it was, whoever it was, or Matic. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, like, yeah. He also had Alonso. Well, beaters in he a sense. He wasn't a world beater. He had Alonso. He had fair, but yeah, he, he also had Pedro, mm-hmm. and yeah, he he had better players, frankly, um, and that team even now. Would probably beat us but what you had in someone like Victor Moses was a not technically brilliant but a hard working good footballer Lucas Moura right? he, he yeah exactly exactly mm. but what he's got is a player that signed for Barcelona and signed for us within minutes <laughs> uh, who's, who you know bless his heart he's only 20 he doesn't know he doesn't know his you know, I think he's 22 now. Flag I think he's 22 his... now. said. So how slowly time's <laughs> moved. <laughs> but yeah, okay, he's, he's a kid for all intents and purposes. He doesn't know anything. Um, he's trying to figure out this. He was a right back, right? He's trying to figure out this wing back role and doesn't seem to be good at anything. And that's that's got to be on recruitment. That's got to be on Paratici. Um, he's got Bambi on ice, who looked good next to out of Ireland and Vertonghen because they were so good that they could, you know, they could just play it on their own and cover things. So, like, Romero can kind of cover for him a little bit, but frankly... Even Romero's making mistakes at you know, the minute. Yeah, exactly. He's got he's got Ben Davies, who wins the award for most improved player, but should not be starting for a top side. God bless his soul. And then he's got Harry Winks. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Harry it's, Winks won the he, battle he has, of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He won it. Delhi, Lo Celso, Don Bene, yeah. out. Winks won, down tools. Not down tools, but is just gone back to Winks form. But you know what I mean? He, he, there's no one there apart from... Let's take the entire squad. Apart from Lloris, Kane, Son. There's no one there that anyone else would want. And Lloris is even a question mark for the big sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess for the big size, they've got Ellison, um, Edison. Yeah, so his distribution is um, is questionable for sure. Uh, but okay, yeah. So, so, so you're blaming recruitment. So, 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 so Conte's got. He hasn't got. He's not. It's not about square pegs, round holes, or square pegs in square holes. It's I've got shoddy pegs, and you know I'm doing the best I can, and 
it's a case of if you put Lucas into right wing back, okay, Bergwijn starts or Kulusevski starts, but maybe with Kulusevski it's a bit different. But with Bergwijn, all you're going to have all game is the opponent pinging it up the left wing because yeah, Lucas can jump, but he's a tiny guy. Bergwijn can't jump, and he's a tiny guy. Who's on the right of defence? Damson, Bambi, Sanchez. Like it's. It's a recipe for disaster. It'll be Romero soon. It'll be Romero soon when Dyer's back. No, I hear you. It's a fair point. Yeah. But I guess you've got to gamble. And this is why I question the edge. Because if you gamble, you, you see, you've seen it before. How many times have you seen this scenario? A 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 side being pegged back, can't get their own half. The minute halftime comes, the coach gets into them. The fullbacks start high, gamble don't come back, what happens? Invariably. Get exposed. No, they don't get exposed. They put the pressure on. <laughs> they make a five going forward. You mean not Tottenham? Uh, Sorry. I I've realize. seen it with Spurs. I've seen it with Spurs, but maybe not so often. Maybe not so often. I'm going to touch on a couple of things quickly before we finish on a question that, yeah, we need to finish on. Um... You touched on the stadium earlier. Um, like you, I go often season ticket holder. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm going to call a spade a spade. This is controversial as well. The stadium has been lacking atmosphere since we got there. Now, opening night, Champions League, Man Cities. Yes, we've had atmosphere. Yes, South Stand sings. But I think we're reduced to about three songs, if that. And I'm being generous. Now Ali's gone. It's probably two songs. Uh, we sang when we scored against Southampton. We sang Come On You Spurs a couple of times against Wolves. And what I can't take and what I will not take is rival fans singing Is This The M Shites? Now, that's not acceptable. And that tells me everything I need to know about the atmosphere at the ground. How do you see it? How have you seen it? Uh, to be honest, it depends on the game. Um, Take Liverpool out of it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's it's tough. I think, you know, the South Stand is where everyone looks for inspiration. Everyone looks for guidance on... And it, that's that's the barometer for the, for the entire stadium. And where I sit, I sit in the East... But I'm a stone's throw from from the from the south, so you know I can make out people's faces and stuff. And it's just, yeah, they're some of the most loyal, passionate fans in the South Stand. And if they can't get up for the game, it, it, it basically means what they're seeing isn't isn't up to isn't up to much. Um, now I wonder whether there's some, you know, Enoch Levy political machinations going on around reselling of tickets and who can buy them and it's getting maybe incrementally tougher for your everyday fan to get a ticket versus people who've got corporate interests and so on and mates of Daniel but even so like they've been absolute dream nights and days there but it's, it's just it's tough when a team isn't performing and I think even when the team was performing didn't it didn't it hasn't quite felt as 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 aggressive and as exciting as it could can be. Now, why that is, like, it could be anyone's guess. Um, it's disappointing for sure. Is it is it a NFL stadium? Is it a football stadium? It's it's better than an NFL stadium. It's it's a football stadium built like. Uh, ro- uh, built, built like what's that American t- built like Flushing Meadows it's a, a British football stadium built like Flushing Meadows so most football stadiums and like you see it all over the place they build outwards right the higher you go the further you are away we have built upwards so it's a really really steep stadium right and if you're right at the top You've got a really steep view down to the ground, but it means you're really you're on you're close to the pitch. You're on top of the game, and like you're you're miles closer than you would have been if the equivalent stadium was you know built elsewhere. Even like in Wembley, you're miles away. Um, 
and I think when we're in full voice, it sounds like it sounds like a rock concert in there, right? You can barely hear yourself think. It's just been so long, and so something else is going on. Like the atmosphere is fantastic. In like when things are going right, but because it, maybe because it's so fantastic, you notice when you when you're not getting it. Um, and if you compare it to, you know, the library in Finsbury Park, you know, if you're going there, take a book because even when they're all at full voice, you get through two or three <laughs> chapters of Harry Potter no problem. Um, okay, my son wants to read Harry Potter. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you make some good points. You, it's interesting you mentioned a rock concert because we're going to have a few of those there this year as well as bidding for the Super Bowl. 2026 i understand so that would be interesting if that is there as well um but who knows who knows let's see but i still where i sit in the north mid um i'm closer to the away fans and they don't ask sing and i'll get it they've been traveling all day been drinking since six o'clock in the morning what have you all travel down on the coach together I do get all of that and we've just probably rushed from work and still eating our prawn sandwiches and stuff so changes the dynamic i do understand that but the same thing was true of white heart lane and i don't remember too many mm. silent nights at white heart lane um so yeah i guess lastly carl um is top four in our own hands mathematically yes all right we've still got what is it two don't games say in games in hands i said that and then said we're going to get third and <laughs> dr tottenham did <laughs> okay, well, we still have games to play, let's put it that way. And if we win those games, we're in a competitive position, irrespective of what other teams do. Now, we've got City next. Exactly. If, I, if you told me the next game was City away, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, with, okay, with so Bambi on ice, with Bambi really on ice, as you call him. Exactly. But if, if we can't, look, if we can nick a point against City, then maybe we're back. If we can nick three, then <laughs> frankly, it's a steal. We should like, yeah, lose three on the trot more often, because um, then we've done them home and away. Uh, but okay, irrespective, like taking the opposition out of it, we're still very much in it. Once you consider the opposition, City away, Leeds away, it's it's a tough Liverpool ask. Away. Um, we get Liverpool nothing away as well. Yeah. Yeah, but then we've got Everton at home. So, Frankie Lampard, Deli Ali revenge game. We'll, we'll, we'll inevitably lose that 3-2. Yeah. Um, look, we're still in it. That's, that's all I can say. I, I just can't... I, I don't have it in me to be optimistic. <laughs> um, I just don't. What I would say, though, is if we don't get into the Champions League, summer's going to be very tough because Conte is Conte and he can, he's, got, he's a massive draw. But everyone will have seen what he has and more specifically hasn't managed to do in his first season or first half season. And saying he's going to do it next, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to get Frank Kessie on a free if we're not in the Champions League. Uh, who else are we looking at? Gareth Bale. I mean, he might join to play Europa because he's done it once before with us. Um, and he's won everything there is. Ericsson, he's not going to have much choice. He'll come to us. But is that really the team? Is that really what we want to be doing? Or do we want to be in the Champions League, get Kessie, maybe get Bale? But actually, we don't need Bale because we're looking at, I don't know, Latour Martinez again, let's say, because Inter probably still need to sell. And then maybe we're looking at Skriniar or, I don't know, are there any good left-sided uh, centre-backs? Let's find them. Um, the kid at Villarreal, Pau... Pau Torres, yes. yeah. Who looks at him, Pau Torres? Then we can get a, a right wing back in at last. Uh, you know, we can, yeah, have a look. Have a look through PSG's <laughs> squad because when Poch fails to win the Champions League again, there'll be another rebuild. Yeah, Poch is out. Poch is out. Poch is out. Yeah. So, very quick question now. Very quick question. Yes or no answer, please. If we don't get to Champions League this year. Are Newcastle a preferred club choice over Tottenham 
if they stay up and don't get relegated? No. Not if you've played Champions League football or European football regularly in your career. But it would be three seasons without it if we don't qualify. No, I mean, yeah, the checker trade competition still counts, I guess. But if we get into Europa, I think it's fine. Because don't, don't forget, we're still in London, right? We are still the biggest, we have the best stadium, the biggest stadium, the best training ground. We're in London. Uh, and I've been to Newcastle, so frankly, I'm still confused why there are 25 men who have signed up to be professional footballers for that club. Do <sighs> you going to get us kicked off Twitter, everything, <laughs> Google Pods, iTunes, everything? You're talking about cats, you're abusing the people of Newcastle. We have to review your contract. I, just, I, I, I mean, I've been, I've been there, so, you know, it, it's, it's got some lovely things to it, but one of those things is the train station that gets you home. Oh. On that note, I'm... But no, okay, no, hold on, uh, to, to, be, to be a bit more balanced. What I, what, I mean, what I mean by that is, Newcastle's a hard place to be if you're coming from, you know, sunny, sunny Barcelona and you're coming to England and it's cold, it's wet, you don't know the language, you don't know any people and they put you off in Newcastle versus they put you off in the most metropolitan city in the country, if not the, the world. world, with people from all over, food from all over, people who speak your language and help you settle in a bit more, right? Every second restaurant is tapas in London. It's it's just a tougher ask in Newcastle. That's fair. And the, the people of Toronto may question the um, cosmopolitan crown, but we're definitely, if not one, number two in that regard. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, guys, we've had some views today, some controversial. RSPCA don't get on to us don't at me on twitter and listen you guys on twitter need to chill you need to chill in the words of kwabna relax opinions are opinions questions are questions i'm not an idiot we're not idiots we raise questions for thought-provoking answers if you're an angry person and you need to hit out on twitter that's fine we don't hit back so Hit us as much as you like, but understand, thought-provoking questions really deserve thought-provoking answers. So follow us at ShelfPod. If you're new to the game, we're on all the places, podcasts, air. So give us a review, especially on iTunes. Please leave a five-star review because we only give you five-star content. I can't shout the new cities this week, so I apologize. Um, I'm left now to thank Carl for coming. It's good night from me. And it's good night from me. So, Lero, please run the outro. show, 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 show,